A reading from the book of First Peter chapter 1, verse 3 through 9. Listen for God's word to us. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. By His grand mercy, He has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that is impressible, undefiled, and unfading, keep in heaven for you who are being protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, even if now for a little while you have had to suffer fierce trial, so that the genuineness of your faith being more precious than gold, that through principle is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Although you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and rejoice with an indescribable and glorious joy for you are receiving the outcoming of your faith, the salvation of your soul. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Today we light the third candle in the Advent read the pink candle, which mark the candle of joy. Let's pray. Long-awaited Savior, you are the promise of the prophets, and we are witnesses to your work. Vision, movement, healing, music, new life, good news, enlighten and enliven us, Send us out to spread the word so that all may see and hear and know and believe that you are the coming of God, the Messiah. Amen. Well, on this third Sunday in Advent, many Christian churches like ours light the third candle in the Advent wreath. It is the pink candle, the candle of joy. For the other three Sundays in Advent, we light a blue or purple candle, blue or purple. Those are the classic colors of Advent. But on the third Sunday, we take a break from themes of yearning, penitence, longing and contemplation and focus instead on joy. This is sometimes called Gaudate Sunday, this third Sunday in Advent. Gaudate is Latin for Rejoice, rejoice, lighting the pink joy candle. It may seem incongruous and untimely to you this Advent season, especially. For this Advent, there are so many reasons not to be filled with joy. A global pandemic is raging and there's an ever higher death toll to COVID-19. This last Wednesday marked a new high in the United States, the highest single day death toll from COVID-19 at more than 3,000. 
ICU beds are filling up around the country. Millions are unemployed. This seems like a time to lament, doesn't it? Not to light a candle for joy. Well, there will be an opportunity to lament this Advent, December 20th, from 5 to 8 p.m., many congregations and synagogues in Pasadena, and those who are members of various groups are invited to light luminaries. These bags filled with sand or dirt have a candle in them. And if you light that candle, you're invited to take the luminary or several luminaries and place them out in front of your home. These will be lit in memory and honor of those who have died from COVID-19. Lighting a luminary on December 20th, lighting a candle in memory of those who have passed from the disease, lighting a candle of lament, that seems to be what our day calls for, doesn't it? Not lighting a pink candle of joy. So why should we light a joy candle this season? Well, we do so. And we read passages like today's from 1 Peter that speak of rejoice because scripture calls us, even in hard times, to rejoice. In the book of Philippians, we read of how Paul writes first of his trials and imprisonment. He'll write of the suffering and struggles that the church in Philippi was enduring. And then he says to them, rejoice and be glad with me. He writes, rejoice. And again, I say, rejoice. Unless we think the book of Philippians is some aberration connecting as it does joy and suffering, presenting those side by side. Look at today's passage that Kristen read from 1 Peter. In today's text, we read words like these. Rejoice, even if now you have had to suffer various trials, rejoice with an indescribable and glorious joy. Now, to be fair, there are many calls in Scripture to lament, to look out on what is wrong with the world, and to cry out to God with grief. Jesus, we read, wept when his friend Lazarus died. He wept over Jerusalem. There are psalms of lament, there are prophecies of lament, but even with all that language of lament and license to lament in the Bible, there is also this recurring theme that even in hard times, even in a long, dark winter, there is reason for joy. There's this biblical invitation in even difficult times to rejoice. Well, how can you rejoice? in hard times. Well, today's passage from 1 Peter points our eyes to three different time horizons, and it notes that in each of those horizons, you can find reason to rejoice. Today's passage begins focusing our eyes back to the past and noting back there, back in history, there is reason for joy today. Today's passage focuses explicitly as it begins on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We read, by his great mercy, God has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. 
Well, that statement points our eyes back nearly 2,000 years ago to that moment our Savior rose from the dead. And in that event, we saw God's power even over death. That event meant the grand story of God's work in the world would not end with our Savior's crucifixion. It meant believers from that moment on could know the liberation of dying to sin and rising to new life. That resurrection meant our Savior's ministry of healing and teaching, of welcome and reconciliation, justice-seeking and peacemaking, that it didn't end with our Savior's death. Instead, it was given new life and continues through the church today by the power of the Holy Spirit. Joy can be found in hard times by looking back and remembering, oh yes, God did wonderful things in the past there, back there, there is reason to rejoice today. So many of our Psalms lift up reasons to rejoice from ancient Israel's past. They point God's people's gaze back so that even if the present is full of sorrow, they can remember God's goodness from days of old. We read of how they're reminded, remember how God freed us from slavery. Remember how God showed up for us, accompanied us through the wilderness in a pillar of cloud and fire. Remember how God gifted us with a law and a land. Remember how we went up to the house of the Lord with shouts and with singing. Remember how we went up to God's house with joy and thinking back on that past people could rejoice in even the hardest of times for christians this season especially we remember how we have something to look back on that can fill us with joy in even the hardest times we have the birth of our savior we have that moment of great joy when god's love came to be with us in jesus christ today's text from first peter reminds us that that very love that came to be with us in christ was not defeated in death but rose again and it promises us a glorious future as well we as believers have so many reasons to look back and find in the past reasons for joy today. Looking back can be a great way to know a joy in difficult seasons. The poet Gerald Stern knew of this power as he recalled that glorious day he heard the news that World War II had finally come to an end. You could almost feel his joy in a hard present as he recalls that joyful moment from his past. He writes, in all these rotten shops and all this broken furniture and wrinkled ties and baseball trophies and coffee pots, I've never seen a post-war Philco radio nor heard Ravel's Bolero the way I did in 1945 in that tiny living room on Beechwood Boulevard, nor danced as I did then, my hair all streaming, my mother red with laughter, my father cupping his left hand under his armpit, doing the dance of old Ukraine, the world at last a meadow. The three of us whirling and singing, the three of us screaming and falling as if we were dying, as if we could never stop. 
in Pittsburgh, beautiful, filthy Pittsburgh, 5,000 miles away from the other dancing in Poland and Germany. O oh God of mercy, O oh wild God. That's a poem called The Dance by Gerald Stern. Friends, if you are overwhelmed this season with loss, you might try looking back on a time when you danced, on a time you sensed the power and mercy of God, on a time you knew in your bones death did not have the final word, and remembering that moment you find you have reason for joy today. We can know joy now, looking back to God's work in the past. But today's passage from 1 Peter reminds us there is another time horizon we can look to and find cause for joy. We can look to the present, to the now. Even in times of death and loss, there's reason for joy right then and there. Today's passage proclaims these words, you are being protected by the power of God through faith. Although you've not seen Jesus Christ, you love him, you believe in him, and rejoice with an indescribable and glorious joy. That is present tense language, and it speaks of the power of faith and the capacity of faith to bring us joy now. Faith as First Peter describes it, is seeing those invisible ties that bind us to Christ and Christ to us. Faith is having the ability to see that which is unseen. And when we see those ties, we note God's love for us in Christ, our love in return to God. We see the ties that bind us to one another as a community of faith and bind us to the great cloud of witnesses. Those ties we might not be able to see with our eyes, but they are real, First Peter reminds us, and with faith we can sense them, we can know them, and they can remind us we are not alone even in days of COVID-19. Faith, the ability to see that which is unseen, God's love for us in Christ, our love for that Savior, that faith is more precious, First Peter reminds us, than even gold. In these days of COVID-19, when many feel a profound sense of isolation, lean hard on your faith. For faith reminds us of those ties that bind us together, that remind us right now, this moment, you and I, we are not alone. We're connected to each other and to God through the power of the Holy Spirit and through the love of Jesus Christ. When Knox recently hosted a Zoom memorial service for the Reverend Dr. Dan Newhall, who previously served as a temporary supply pastor here at Knox, I wondered what it would be like. I had some trepidation that a Zoom memorial service, this would be the first one I was officiating, I wondered would it make the memory and this time that would already be lamenting Dan's passing, would it almost make it worse? in the Zoom format? Would it remind us not only of Dan's passing, which is sad to begin with, but to remind us of how we can't even congregate as one to celebrate his life and the promise of the resurrection? 
But during that Zoom memorial service, I experienced something that I might even call joy. And it was the joy that came from faith. Sure, I couldn't see Dan. He'd gone to be with the Lord. I could only see him through photos. I couldn't see the Savior that we were gathered there to worship and to look to after the passing of a friend for so many of us and pastor. I couldn't even see the others who were gathered to worship with me other than on a Zoom screen, which is not the same thing. But I was reminded in that memorial service of faith, of the faith I had, of the faith others had, of the faith Dan had. And that faith I remembered bound us together through Christ. It connected us with a great cloud of witnesses that includes Dan and with others in all kinds of different time and places. It bound us together by the power of faith. And that, even in times of social isolation, brought me a sense of joy. And I know you have known that sense of joy from a faith alive in the present. We can know joy looking back to the past, back on the resurrection. We can know joy by faith, seeing the ties that bind us to God through Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit and bind us to one another now. But today's text from 1 Peter also reminds us of a third time horizon that gives us reason for joy. We're pointed in today's text forward to that great day when God's love that we saw in the resurrection will be revealed in full. A new heaven and a new earth, salvation will be ours, we're told. We're pointed forward to the future and given with that the joy of anticipation. We read in today's passage that we have an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for us. We're promised salvation, that we will see the one we can only look to now through the eyes of faith. We will see those we love and were lost to us once again. Death and disease will finally be defeated. That is what we are promised in God's glorious future. And sometimes knowing the future, it can transform the present, filling it with something it did not have before. A bride was recently asked by her mother several weeks after the wedding if she now was relieved that there's no longer the anxiety of preparing for the wedding. Her mom asked her, are you now just breathing a great sigh of relief that the wedding has come and gone, that you no longer have to do all that work in preparing for the big event? And the daughter answered her mother, no, you know, I, I miss the anticipation. I miss the excitement of getting ready, the anticipation that keeps life running on a higher rung of or exhilaration. She missed, that daughter missed, the joy of anticipation. She missed what a Jane Austen character called that sanguine expectation of happiness that is happiness itself. I remember when the news came out on November 9th that a vaccine candidate was found to be more than 90% effective at addressing COVID-19. And that news, it 
brought something tangible and new and wonderful to the present. Now, let me be clear, that news did not somehow stop immediately the increasing death toll. It didn't solve the issue of not enough ICU beds in hospitals given that rising death toll. It didn't suddenly solve unemployment, and it didn't suddenly address all the challenges associated with distributing the virus and getting it widely adopted. But the news did bring something new to the table that changed my present and I suspect changed your present too. It gave me this concrete promise of a future that would be post-COVID-19. It promised a future beyond that disease and that future brought a joy of anticipation even to this long, dark winter. Well, as Christians, we have the promise not only of a post-COVID-19 future, we have the promise of a new heaven and a new earth, the promise of salvation, the promise that not only disease, but death itself will be defeated. It's a promise we saw in Christ's resurrection, and we will one day know it and receive it in full. And that promise, that future, gives us cause for joy now. So friends, even in this long, dark winter with headlines that remind us of an ever-growing death toll, we light the joy candle. We sing, rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. For God has done great things in the past. God is at work in the present, and God is at work in the future. And God's victory over death, that we will know in full. So today, even in this long, dark winter, hear these words of Scripture to you. Rejoice, rejoice with a glorious and indescribable joy. Let's pray. God, thank you for the promise of the resurrection Thank you for all that you've done in the past, gifting us with creation, with the law, with the land. Thank you for accompanying your people and the eyes to see you of faith. We look ahead this Advent to that great day, death and disease will be no more. And for that promise, we rejoice. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.